We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. We have a different team than normal. Normally on Thursdays, you would expect uh, myself, Maggie Loney, Jacob Westendorf, and Nick Schmitz, but Nick is taking a hiatus, and I don't blame him because Jacob is the worst. Um, So now we have a brand new team, and it's me, Jacob, who is not here today, and Jimmy Christensen. So um, just, yeah, hey, Jimmy, welcome welcome to the Thursday show. (laughs) Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) And you're right, Jacob is the worst, so... Yeah, and, you know, I think that uh, Nick was wondering, you know, what the dynamic was going to be like with him leaving, and now Jacob can't make fun of him, and we get to make fun of Jacob. So there's a lot to look forward to, I think, moving forward with this this crew. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, normally I would say something like, we have a really fun show planned, but pretty much everything we're talking about is the injury bug that stayed away for all of 2019 and now has decimated the Packers early uh, before the 2020 season has even begun. So um, if you are living under a rock and missed the Kamal Martin news, he had surgery and uh, he will be out multiple weeks. So Jimmy, what are your thoughts now on what the inside linebacker position looks like? Because every year it feels like musical chairs. Yeah, that's it. I, it seems like it's the defense against the dark arts of the Packers team. <laughs> like there's just always a new person there. Like our, we're always getting hurt there. Um, it just seemed like this was a year 
Oren Burke seemed to be healthy. Now he's not healthy anymore either. Kamal Martin was having a great, um, a great training camp, and now he's going to be out several weeks because he had to get a he had a torn meniscus. I read, and so we'll see. I I I'm bummed because even with Kamal Martin, like it was, it was going to be a really unproven. Besides Christian Kirksey, it was going to be a really unproven depth. Like Curtis Bolton's in his second year, Ty Summers second year. Uh, Oren Burks is in his third year, but those three combined only played 57 snaps for the Packers defense. And it all came from Oren Burks. So I'm, I'm nervous. It's just a lot of unproven depth that we're going to really need to step up. Yeah. And I mean, Christian Kirksey by all accounts is really healthy this season. He looks really good. He's kind of back to his 2015, 2016 form. Um, But yeah, I mean, behind that, Oren Burks has a nagging injury history, injury history, so hopefully he is better at this point. He has returned to camp. Um, Ty Summers, in his second season, obviously played um, for the Packers, didn't have any injuries in 2019, but like you said, it was all on special teams. And then you have Curtis Bolton, who's still on the pup list. And Raven Green, even at this point, is, is out kind of nursing something. So if you're thinking about like him at hybrid safety inside linebacker, that's not even an option at this point. So... Yeah. In 2018 and 2019, the Packers had to go to free agency to fill in opposite Blake Martinez. Do you think that, you know, uh, ILB2 is on the roster? Or do you think that they're going to be so uncomfortable by the depth loss here that they maybe look to a street free agent with, what, 10 days before the season starts? Um, well, last last season, they brought uh, Goodson in just a couple days before the season started, right? Yeah, it was a short turnaround. So I could definitely, I think they're just going to, from what I think, it's just going to be monitoring Oren Burks. And then if it gets closer to the season and they think it's going to be something that's going to be keeping them out or just not a hundred percent, I could definitely see them adding an inside linebacker. But the thing now with COVID teams seem pretty much set and there's not a lot of, not a lot of free agents, especially at that position um, that I can really think of right now to bring onto the team. Well, and that's kind of what Brian Gutekunst said too, like how in normal seasons, you've got preseason guys have like 200 snaps that you can evaluate They're street free agents, but he called the process cumbersome and said that it's just so difficult to even get guys in your room um, to be able to like give them a workout. So I know that uh, Packers nation probably doesn't want to hear much about this, but quick thoughts before we move on, are you team bring back Clay Matthews to play inside linebacker or has that ship sailed for you? I honestly, so I actually tweeted something about that today. And I like, if they bring him back at this point, someone commented too, was saying like, if they bring him back on a one-year deal, it doesn't affect signing Aaron Jones or Bakhtiari or anything like that. And at this point, like, why not? If it works out, it works out. If not, we have depth behind Rashawn Gary at edge rusher, you know, cause he's our third right now. And besides him, there's really no one else that I know like Garvin's made some splashes and um, Williams is there, Ramsey, but I think Ramsey's on the is injured as well. So I don't think it hurts bringing him on, but I just don't think it's going to happen. So I think then the biggest question is what number would Clay Matthews wear? (laughs) Oh, great question. You might as well, you know, we can have two fifty twos. It'll be fine. I don't know how, uh, how the, the media will feel about that given the uh, hoopla that Ty Summers at 88 is a running back created, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) we are, So I was just I was just thinking with the linebacker thing, like kind of further like effect of this is 
if they rely on a lot on Raven, Raven Green and he's not able to go because, like you said, he's injured right now too, that might pull Chandon Sullivan away from the slot corner, opening that up as well because, like, Will Redmond's there to do that kind of hybrid safety thing. But it, this could actually have, like, a bigger impact than I really thought about just because Chandon might have to play out of what people are wanting him to this year as well, which puts more pressure on Jack, Josh Jackson, who's been a, a roller coaster, so – yeah. I mean, it seems like instead of patching one hole, you talk about like maybe Adrian Amos comes into the box and then Will Redman has to kind of float at strong safety. And what does Darnell Savage do? Does he stay at free safety? So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really good point. Or even like with the D-line, I don't see them keeping more than five guys. So yeah. in my 53, I had them keeping five outside linebackers because I thought if you have Zadarius and Rashawn, how they can kind of float around that bolsters the D-line. But then if you're trying to take bodies now to cover the middle of the field, just what that whole dynamic looks like. It's like you said, there's so many holes now that you think about. You can plug one and then it opens up somewhere else because you're having to take talent from another spot on the squad. Yeah. They mentioned versatility was something they look to, but which is great. But then it's like you said, it just moving chess pieces around just kind of just creates more holes. And Yeah, exactly. Um, So I guess moving then now to the offensive side of the ball where there are other injuries to account for Um, Billy Turner has an injury. So they're saying it's kind of a week to week thing, but he likely won't be available to at least start the season. So I thought it was interesting. Rob Domofsky, when he tweeted it out, had called him right tackle Billy Turner. So I know that we had talked about like a a competition, but to me, Lane Taylor had kind of solidified the guard spot early. I thought that that was his job from the jump and, you know, Rick Wagner now is back at practice, but he's got an arm injury that he's kind of nursing. So how do, how do you feel about the right tackle spot, knowing that um, Daniil Hunter and Yannick Ngankwe are just on their way in a couple days? I am I'm way more worried about the right side of the offensive line than I am about inside linebacker. Same. Like, it's – I just don't know what we're going to do. Like, obviously, Rick Wagner, we're going to have to really hope's healthy, but – Behind him, we have Alex Light, who they saw what he could do last year, but they brought in Jared Valdir, so it's, they obviously weren't too too happy with him. Um, and looking at PFF, he only had 151 snaps, and um, that's a small sample size, but his pass block rating was only a 45. Um, so it's not – I don't know. I, I'm so terrified on this because bringing in Jared Valdir obviously is a benefit because it adds a little bit of depth. Um but even when Billy Turner gets healthy, I agree Lane Taylor solidified himself at he should be starting. He went undefeated on one-on-ones in camp and all of that stuff. But I wonder if that move, moving Billy Turner is more because we did sign him to a big contract and having someone at that contract be a backup just kind of doesn't sit right because he only started four games at right tackle in his career. So it's not like he's a, a proven veteran at that position. Like at guard, he was serviceable. Um, but right tackle, he's still unproven too. So uh, how are you feeling? I, yeah, I mean, I, I really liked Rick Wagner. I thought that he was a nice stopgap for one or two years. I mean, I thought that the right tackle spot was his and that the competition was going to be at right guard. And I think if he stays healthy, then obviously all is well. But if you go into the Vikings game and he gets hurt during the game, then, like you said, you're marching out Alex Light. Yash Nijman isn't really able to practice right now. He's kind of back and forth with his injury history. Um, ended the season on IR. Jared Valdir has apparently been waiting by the phone, if you look at his Twitter. But, yeah. you know, I don't know if they would bring him in. 
Um, I'm sure he would only take like the vet minimum. So it probably wouldn't be a huge signing to worry about, but you know, I, I get wanting to develop your depth, but it's a lot easier when you have to develop depth, like with John Runyon and Lucas Patrick and the guys that are playing on the interior, because, you know, at left guard, you had David Bakhtari and Corey Lindsley. So even if you kind of botched something Elton Jenkins, which he didn't, yeah. he, he still had all that support around him. So I think right tackle is, you know, I don't know if we see a lot more uh, like 21 personnel. So Aaron Rodgers has just extra protection in front of him, but yeah, I, if it were me at this point, I think I would I would go out and sign Jared Valdir just because everybody now has an injury history. And Lane Taylor looks good coming back from the biceps. Even if you kicked him out to right tackle, there's an idea. What if you kick Lane Taylor out to right tackle and you bring in Lucas Patrick to play right guard? Yeah, like that. From the camp that Taylor's been having, like he seems to be back. He seems to be healthy. So. I think if there's an injury and you do that, like that definitely is serviceable for a game or two, but I just don't, I don't think that would be a long-term answer, obviously, unless he just crushes it at right tackle. But um, I could see that filling in for a game or two or, or even another one too is moving Jenkins out there. Cause he had some, obviously you don't want to mess up the left side because it's strong and Jenkins killed it last year at left guard, but he had some time in college where he played multiple positions. he, he is someone who's really dynamic. So maybe even doing that for a little bit too, but like you said before, they have options, but those options seem to open up other holes as well. Yeah. And I feel like with this offensive line, it's just like, at what point do you stop shifting and you start solidifying? Because for the longest time, the Packers had, you know, consistency and they finally found it in 2019 and Billy Turner was healthy all season, but then you lose Brian Blaga and Corey Lindsley and David Bakhtiari are both in contract years. And when Elton Jenkins got drafted, I said, hey, look, maybe they found their center of the future. And then, you know, now he's your starting left guard. So next season is, is Jenkins the center and Lane Taylor back at left guard. Like everything just you have all these moving pieces and then that still doesn't answer right tackle. So the Packers notoriously have one of the best lines in the NFL. But the, the more question marks now are starting to to appear when we think about shifting those pieces again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think they call Valdir? Do you think at this point, if they haven't, they're not going to? I think that they're going to wait for a prognosis, see how Rick Wagner looks kind of the last three days of camp. And if he seems healthy, I feel like they'll ride it going into week one. Cause I mean, for all we know, Billy Turner could be like a couple week thing and then he's back in your rotation. So, I mean, I haven't seen a prognosis yet on how long they expect him to be out, but maybe their comfort level right now is that Rick Wagner is fully recovered from that arm injury. And Alex light has had enough of a jump from year one to year two, that they feel comfortable with him kind of being the swing backup. But you know, you just got to knock on wood at this point that David Bakhtiari stays healthy because the Packers cannot try and answer yeah. two holes at, at tackle. Uh, that's the thing. If we, it's it, inside linebacker, we already had injuries there, but I feel like inside linebacker and offensive line, if we have another injury there, it's like you kind of just give up on that position for a year <laughs> and just you have to just put band-aids where you can. Yeah, and I think like going back to inside linebacker a little bit, I'm excited to see what Ty Summers can do. Friend of the show, Ty Summers, we got to talk to him mm-hmm. a while ago. And, you know, he had talked about how he's working on his agility and his sideline to sideline. Oren Burks, when he's healthy, is super athletic. He has an insane RAS score, like – Excited to see what he can do finally, but you know, everybody that has kind of these nagging injury histories, if Christian Kirksey stays healthy, I think that that kind of answers the problem. Yeah. But you know, you're going from Blake Martinez who played like hundred percent of snaps in his time here 
to again a bunch of puzzle pieces that we're hoping can can fit together and make things work so i, I mean wonder, go ahead <laughs> i was like, i wonder how much of the uh keeping christian curtsy healthy plan was like a uh, management load like having them at like because like you said blake martinez played i looked it up today because i wrote an article on the kamal martin thing is he played a thousand twenty four snaps so like 99 percent of them so i don't know maybe they thought like lowering that for Kirksey to maybe like 90% or even lower than that to try to make sure he kind of is for the longevity wise, but there's not really a chance for that right now with the injuries there. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got to be your Mike. I think he's got to stay on the field as much as he possibly can, but I think that is kind of where my concerns lie is, you know, if something happens to Kirksey, does Oren Burks have enough experience? I know Ty Summers where the headset a little bit in preseason last year. Um, and I'm sure, you know, that's something that they're coached up to do, but if anything were to happen to, I mean, you look at the inside linebacker as, you know, the quarterback of the defense. So do you then relegate those duties to like an Adrian Amos because he's got the experience. And that's something that I I think it was Morgan Burnett a couple seasons ago uh, did when the inside linebacker uh, position was in flux, but yeah, still, I mean, it's kind of hard to say that this uh, first game of the season is less than 10 days away. And there's still so many question marks because there's such incredible depth at certain positions like, you know, tight end, which we're going to talk about uh, defensive line. Even you could say like, if you have Zedarius and Rashawn more edge than, than defensive line, but cornerback looks great safety. There's do they keep four or five? And then you get to the positions where it's like, wow, we really have no clue who's going to even be the starter yet. Yeah. And, it's weird. Cause we went into this camp thinking like, right tackles or the right side of the line was a question mark, but more people wondering like the cornerback battle, the linebacker battle, um, wide receiver battle and all this stuff. And now it's just other things have amped up with just injuries and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just, it's weird how through the course of training camp, all these, these worries just shift from position to position. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's kind of funny, like we can shift gears now and talk about the wide receivers and the tight ends, but you know, Devin Funches opted out due to COVID and everyone was like, oh no, what's this going to do to the wide receivers core? And then you listen to Aaron Rodgers talk and he gives MVS such praise and EQ I know is nursing an injury right now, but he had looked really good in camp. Jake Kumaro, Reggie Begleton, Alan Lazard is, you know, rolling with the first string. Obviously you have Devontae Adams. So it's just kind of interesting to like, I feel like wide receiver has been less talked about, given the fact that a lot of the guys that we've wanted to take that third year jump have, have really stepped up MBS, especially, I mean, I think he for sure starts the season out wide receiver three, which I'm not sure a lot of us were confident saying going into training camp. Yeah. I hearing that praise is great. And I've been, I've been a big fan of MBS. I've really thought this year coming in healthy and finally having a consistent offense um, offensive scheme and playbook would have been really big for him. And, it seems like it worked. And as long as he came in in shape, which it appeared he did, like I, I had high hopes. So it's great to see Rogers giving him that praise. And he said, this was like a new, a new standard for him pretty much. Like he kind of set the bar even higher for himself and which is great to see or great to hear. But I, I actually have a question for you is I, on Twitter, they were saying the Pats are going to release Muhammad Sanu. Do you, how, what's your feeling on him? Like, I know people last year want us for trade for him. Uh, obviously, he didn't work out with the Pats, but you want to take a flyer on Sanu or just kind of let him? I really was intrigued by Sanu at the trade deadline last season, given that he was with the Falcons the same time that Malik Fleur was there. Um, 
but now, you know, knowing that he didn't really have a ton of impact with the Patriots and then he's got an underwhelming camp, uh, to me, I think at this point you roll with your young guys and I don't really see him like being deadly in the slot or anything. If it was like, you know, even uh, Robbie Anderson, I really thought Emmanuel Sanders would make some sense, um, but he picked the Saints over Green Bay. So if it was somebody like with a little more gas in the tank, I think that I would roll with it. Even Devin Punches, I was like, okay, I, I can rationalize this. This makes sense. But to me, I I would say pass on Muhammad Sanu. How about you? Um, I, I lean towards pass. The only thing I think about is in a situation in uh, Atlanta when he did really well, like he had Julio there, who's mm-hmm. the main person. He had Calvin Ridley there, who was the number two. Um, and that allowed him to not really be the focus point of the defense. And when he went to the Patriots, there really wasn't anyone else there. Like Elliman was there. Everyone else in the wide receiver core seemed to be battling injuries. Gronk was gone. So there wasn't really focus on tight end. And so I just think what they expected of him just wasn't his role. Like he's not going to be a number one or two person. So um, I don't know. I think they bring him in to kind of be that third wide receiver. Maybe two if, if he steps up. I think I think he could do it. But like you said, not having an underwhelming camp with the Patriots kind of maybe uh, makes you want to pass on them. Okay, so it looks like as of us recording this, they did release Mohamed Sanu, uh, the Patriots did, which freed up $6.5 million in cap. Uh, but now the rumor is that they're in on Leonard Fournette. So maybe by the time this episode comes out tomorrow, you know, he will have signed somewhere. But what are your thoughts on Fournette going to the Patriots? Their running back room is always crowded. <laughs> they have <laughs> Michelle, Burkhead, um, some I listened to the fancy podcast. He was from uh, Alabama. Damian Harris, I think his name is. Uh, they had hopes for him. Uh, they signed Lamar Miller. If they bring in Leonard Fournette. That's I don't know. That's a crowded room. But and Belichick, James White is still there. I think. Too. Yeah, James White. So I think him and James White would be a good duo. Like you take the passing game away from Fournette and just let him kind of be your. He. They said he wanted a power run scheme and. Belichick is the master of making schemes to fit his players. So any player going to the Patriots, I always say makes sense with <laughs> Belichick, honestly. What about you? What are your thoughts if he goes there? Yeah, I mean, I can see it. Patriots are very much backfield by committee, so it made sense for me that he would go somewhere. I thought the um, that had kind of utilized backfield by committee, I thought maybe the Bears would have some interest given that uh, David Montgomery is going through some injuries right now. Um, I know the Jets were rumored to be in on him as well, but um, another uh, team was the Bucks, which yeah. would be really interesting to see him with uh, Ronald Jones. That would be, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, assuming that Leonard Fournette um, kind of returns to old form, it's just another weapon for Brady, I guess. But yeah, I, I guess we'll see where he winds up. Yeah. No, I. It's going to be – I would actually rather see Alvin Kamara with the Buccaneers. It would be amazing to see. I know they <laughs> obviously once that, like, they're going to trade him. Those rumors started going right away. But for now with the Bucs would be great giving giving uh, Brady a power runner is always taking pressure off him. But I don't know. It's it's crazy what players are getting cut. I never – a couple years ago, I never would have thought Fournette was going to be cut. But here we are. Oh. And then you have like Jadavion Clowney, who's just a free agent still. Like yeah, I would have expected is, him to get a massive payday. I forget about that all the time. <laughs> Honestly, like, I'll go days and I'll see. I think like Pat McAfee tweeted something at him the other day. Like, what? Do you, hey, Clowney, what's up? And I was like, oh, yeah, he's not on a team. 
yeah, I'd be, this is, I guess, the new normal in the NFL with COVID. But before we wrap up, uh, the last thing we were going to talk about with Jacob, who, of course, is not here, but we know that he is a huge Jay Sternberger fan. Um, and not to say that he's had an underwhelming camp, but, you know, it's Roto World, so take it with a grain of salt as to, you know, the reporters aren't allowed to talk about depth and things like that. But right now the reports are, or the speculation is, that Rob Tanyan starts the season as tight end one on the depth chart. So, you know, the Packers invested a third rounder in Jay Sternberger, a third rounder in Josiah DeGuara. They brought back Mercedes Lewis um, for another season what are your thoughts on Rob Tanyan being the guy to start the season uh, for Aaron Rodgers? Um, I, it's, it was surprising. Like I thought he was going to be the odd man out in camp just with Sternberger coming back from injury. Lewis was resigned. They spent money on DeGuerra. Like I just thought he was kind of be the one left out just because they were heavily invested in the other players. Um, but then you hear he worked out with George Kittle, which is, what I like about that too is Kittle's an all-around tight end. Like he can catch, he can. He's ridiculous in the passing game. He's a really solid run blocker. And for a team now with the Packers who want to have a new investment in the run game, like maybe that's just what his big boost was was just his running, his run blocking ability, and that's that'd be great too. And that'll obviously open it up in the passing game off play actions and things like that. But we've seen flashes of what he can do. The big touchdown against Seattle a couple of years ago that sideline get, catch against the Cowboys last year. He was another person hit by the injury bug, but I'm surprised, but I'm more or less just kind of bummed out about Sternberger. Yeah. And I mean, I'm hoping a lot of that is just, he looked really good in the off season. Uh, I know that every player posts uh, videos of themselves working out, but I mean, his hands looked good. You could tell that he was working on his blocking. So I think that he still has a lot of upside and, I think there's a lot to like there, but if Rob Tanyan wins the job, we know it'll be for a good reason, right? Like they're not just going to give that spot to anybody. And I think that he had, you know, started to develop some chemistry with Rogers and then he landed on his hip and unfortunately, you know, had to deal with injuries for the rest of the season. But if he can stay healthy, I mean, I think that he was on the right trajectory to kind of building a relationship with Rodgers and being what Rodgers needs. And I think Sternberger was too. I mean, your first touchdown of your NFL career comes in an NFC championship game. I think that there's plenty to build off of. And I think Josiah DeGuara will see the field quite a bit, whether he's at H-back, however they decide to utilize him. I think that there's going to be a lot of rotation in that room, but yeah, I mean, I think it is kind of surprising considering that everybody was so quick to hand the reins to Jay Sternberger to hear that that might not be the case uh, long-term. So, do you, do you think like part of it is we all, we all know like tight ends take a little bit to develop and Sternberger last year was really a red shirt year. Like he, yeah. he did preseason, had to miss the whole season, came back for the last couple games, but maybe this is really just going to be his rookie year where he just doesn't perform up to, what people thought, but then takes off later on because he starts to re- get the flow of the game a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's somebody that they'll kind of work into the offense slowly. And I think that could be part of it with Tani and is the fact that he's been in the offense for quite a while. He is comfortable in it. I think Mercedes Lewis will still get his snaps, but I don't think we're going to see him playing 
you know, like 50% of snaps, even I think he'll kind of rotate in and sub packages. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of it, and I think the Packers will play a lot of 12. So we could very well see Sternberger and Tanyan on the field at the same time uh, for quite a bit. But yeah, I, I do think that there's a lot more to his development long-term as opposed to, or kind of letting him get comfortable in the offense as opposed to like maybe just his talent. Cause we know the talent's there. He just has to put it on the field with Rogers. Yeah. That's the weird thing about depth charts is that at the end of the day, some positions just, it, it's kind of BS because like it doesn't matter <clears throat> if you're one or two. Like like you said, if they do 12 personnel, like you have two tight ends in there. So it really doesn't matter if you're number one or two on the depth chart or I don't know. But yeah, I think <laughs> I think they're going to definitely get enough playing time to where people it's not like Tanya's going to take all of Sternberger's snaps. Yeah, I agree. But I think that about does it for today's episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Jimmy, if the listeners want to find your work on social media, how can they do that? Uh, Follow me on Twitter, Jimmy underscore C08. Um, I post all my articles on there, dumb videos I do of me trying out (laughs) for the Packers. So uh, I I just did one today, actually. My wife had to deal with me doing weird things in the backyard. So... Uh, so normal 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 stuff normal stuff (laughs) all right and you can find me on social media at maggie j loney i write for cheese at tv um host a live show with game on wisconsin as does jimmy um which you will be recording right after this um and then i'm also with perry goldstein doing packs what she said um that'll come out later this week so thank you as always for listening to the pack a day podcast Uh, Make sure that you like and subscribe on all of the podcasting platforms. Give us a a five-star rating and let us know that we're doing a good job. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.